check out my new book, Reach All Readers at reachallreaders.com. When you pre-order, you'll get special access to my Science of Reading mini course. Learn more at reachallreaders.com. Hello, everyone. You might remember that in the fall of 2022, I had a blog series where I interviewed teachers who had moved from more of a balanced literacy to a structured literacy approach. Well, while that series was going on, I received an email from Stephanie, a teacher in Arkansas, who asked if she could come on the podcast and share her story. So that's what we get to hear today. And we also get to hear how she applies the science of reading to teaching in kindergarten. We'll get started right after the intro. Welcome to Triple R Teaching, where we encourage you to think differently about education by helping you reflect, refine, and recharge. This isn't just about trying something new as you educate those entrusted to your care. We'll equip you with simple strategies and practical tips that will fill your toolbox and reignite your passion for teaching. It's time to reflect, refine, and recharge with your host, Anna Geiger. Welcome, Stephanie. We're so glad to have you here on the podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Stephanie reached out to me when I had my series all about the balance of structured literacy in the fall or in the summer of 2022. And she's going to talk to us about how she came to understand that balance literacy wasn't working for all of her students and how she slowly made the change to more of a structured approach, the science of reading. We're going to talk about that. And another cool thing is that Stephanie's from Arkansas, which many of you may know has been a leader in switching to more of a research-based approach to teaching reading. So Stephanie, can you talk to us maybe a little bit about what you learned about how to teach reading when you were in college? Absolutely. Um, it's it's a short story. I really <laughs> did not learn a whole lot about how to teach reading in college. I, you know, I took a reading course and I remember they showed us how to take a running record and I learned a lot of vocabulary that helped me pass my praxis. But once I got to the classroom and I had to teach kiddos to read, I thought, well, okay, I got to figure this out now because I, I didn't have instruction when I was um, in my college courses on how to do it. So you just were kind of figuring it out as you went along or were you given some resources that you were supposed to work with? Um, both. I, when I first, um, began my special education journey, I did do a 14 day professional development on balanced literacy. And from there I was given resources and leveled readers and a DRA assessment kit. And, um, I even did some LLI small groups mm -hmm. and, and all of those things, you know, and I, used what I learned from my professional development the very best I could and I had a co-teacher who had been teaching balanced literacy and she was a great help um she explained to me the queuing system and she even mm -hmm. had the beanie babies and mm -hmm. we shared those between us you know okay is it your turn for the dolphin today all right well I'll take <laughs> the lion and um for a lot of kiddos it they they did okay. You know, they, mm -hmm. in the first grade, they, they grew. Um, mm -hmm. Was it the best method? No, absolutely not. But they, they grew and we kept doing it for a little while. But I had some students as a, as a special education teacher that it was not effective for at all. 
Um, and it, it turned into frustration and it was not fun to pull out those guided readers. They would see me, here we go. Oh no, not again, you know? And so I thought, okay, we've got to try something new. And that new thing was just me with a Sharpie and some index cards writing decodable words. I didn't know that's what it was back then. That's not what I called it. In fact, I think it was, we started with the at word family and some mm-hmm. sight words and we'd read the cat and the rat and the cat and the rat, you know, and <laughs> each week we would expand those sentences. And so then we, we switched gears a little bit and I started making him books and then he was reading books and stories and, and, um, they were rough drafts. I think I still was using my Sharpie and, um, some notebook paper then but it it was even as rough as those books were they were still better for him than the leveled text because he could read and he could make progress and he began to have fun and feel better about what we were doing together and so that was a turning point for me for sure Mm -hmm. um I didn't understand why the decodable text was better at that point but I did know there was something to it. I have a question for you when we're talking about decodables. I had a Uh comment on my Instagram not too long ago from somebody. If you think that these boring books are going to cause a love of reading, you're delusional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'd love to know your perspective on, you know, what did you see when you were using those with kids? Did they enjoy reading them? Did it, you know, did success breed motivation? Mm -hmm. Like Anita Archer says, you know, what was your experience with that? Well, I think... Now, there are much better decodables than there used to Mm be. Mm -hmm. And I think we, a lot of people have experience with some of the early ones, you know. Yeah. But listen, if a kid is frustrated, they're not having fun. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how pretty the pictures are or how um, wonderful the story is. If they're frustrated with it, they don't want anything to do with it. But if a kiddo has success, that makes them feel good and that builds confidence. And... Mm -hmm. I, from my experience, those decodables were a whole lot more fun Mm -hmm. than the other books because just of that success and that confidence, you know, that sparkle Mm -hmm. that I got to see in this little guy's eye because at the end of the week, he read it so much quicker and more fluent and he was like, oh, I did it, you know, he didn't dread my homemade decodables like he did some of the guided readers. So I think too, don't you think that like kids know when they're actually reading and when they're not reading. Oh, 100%. So he knew he was pulling the words off. He wasn't just using the picture or helping you get him started. He knew he could actually do it himself. And there's something to be said for that. 100%. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. So this was your first, um, move towards more of the science of reading, which Mm -hmm. you probably weren't aware of that phrase back then. No, no idea. Or anything. Mm -mm. You were just trying what worked or trying something new. Mm -hmm. It worked. Can you walk us through kind of, you know, the timeline then after that? Sure. That was uh, about two years into my teaching career. And after that, I uh, continued to teach special education for a couple years. I, I was the gen ed first grade teacher for a couple years. And then I went back to um, special education. And then two years ago, Arkansas did a, a huge movement, the RISE movement, where we, um, it's called the Reading Initiative for Student Excellence, and every teacher across the state has to demonstrate proficiency in teaching reading um, from 
pre-k on up through high school um in fact we had a our district did a 14-day training and we've had our with the letters book and we have had so many resources and experiences and opportunities to learn um even my husband he teaches third grade math and Mm. he had to go through it just because he's an arkansas teacher there was resistance because change is scary you know Mm -hmm. and and anytime you completely overhaul what you're doing there's a lot of stress and frustration and trying to figure out this new thing I think once we began to shift our instruction we did find that there was some things that we were doing that were actually still pretty good for instance Mm -hmm. part of our balanced literacy before rise was read alouds well Mm -hmm. we still do read alouds we do them better and we focus more on vocabulary and um, background knowledge and things like that but everything shifted but some things weren't completely thrown out either so what, what are, can you walk us through a little bit what a day would look like in your classroom? We're recording this in September, so I know it's, mm-hmm. it's the beginning of the year, so it's going to look different in a few months, but um, yes. what would be an average day of your literacy in kindergarten? Yes, ma'am. So kiddos come in, and their first step is to grab their um, familiar reading folder. And some kid- teachers use a basket. I use a folder because I like it to be right there at their desk. And right now inside a kindergarten familiar reading folder is the alphabet. And as time goes on, when I really get into small group instruction and they start reading text with me, I'll give them a copy of that text after we've went over it for a week and I know that they can read it with accuracy, then it's going to go inside their familiar reading folder. And so their folder will just expand as the year goes on and they'll have lots of different things to choose from and review what we've already what I've already taught and worked on with them Um, and that's different for all kids that's differentiated and then from there we move into our shared reading time Um, at this point it's all about concepts about print but Mm -hmm. eventually we'll I will start thinking aloud through all reading skills, um, modeling fluency, modeling how to apply different comprehension strategies. We love to use big books with that so the kiddos can see the print. We talk about punctuation and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, if I don't have a big book, we'll do a poem or something on our, on our smart board. I'll project that up. After that, we move into phonological and phonemic awareness. We use Hegarty for that whole group. Um, then we go into phonics right now we are doing a letters boot camp (laughs) and when we get through our letters boot camp just exposure to Mm -hmm. all the letters of the alphabet and when that finishes we'll start our phonics program and then when we um conclude that phonics lesson it's approximately 30 minutes long I have an hour of small group time and centers So can you talk to us about how you form those small groups and what you do in those lessons? For kindergarten, at the beginning of the year, I group my kiddos based on the letters that they know. 
because the mm -hmm. bulk of our small group time is going to be working on letter ID, letter recognition, fluency, formation of letters, all of that good stuff. Um, eventually, when we start decodable text, I will start grouping more on mastered phonics skill and phonemes and my instruction really starts to be differentiated at that point because, um, you know, I have four groups typically because that leaves me 15 minutes for each group. I would love to have six groups and 20 minutes for each group, but mm -hmm. <laughs> logistically it's not mm -hmm. possible. So then within my small group, we work on phonological awareness skills, phonemic awareness skills. Um, I use David Kilpatrick's book for a resource first thing and I do one minute drills from there we work on some type of fluency warm-up activity to review previous skills I pull in phonics instruction when we get there and I usually have an intervention group where I'm reteaching skills I usually have about two groups that are I call them my grade level groups and they're pretty close to just being right there on grade level and then I have one group that is in my enrichment group and those groups change every time I do an assessment or every time a kiddo, you know, whoo, they're flying through these letters. Let's move them up a group. Or After the phonics instruction, we move into um, a decodable text of some kind later in the year. We'll pull those out. So how, tell me about what you do with your enrichment group. In kindergarten, what that looks like a lot of times is more... Um, instruction on more advanced phonics skills mm -hmm. and the opportunity to read those skills in context in a in a book of some kind um last year at christmas time i had a group who had mastered everything in our kindergarten phonics curriculum and they we had to brush up on digraphs just a tad and then they were ready to start on first grade level skills so I know people always ask me what curriculum I recommend, which I don't specifically mm -hmm. recommend a curriculum, but I share right. what I've heard is our good curricula. Can you talk to us? You talked about Hegarty and Kilpatrick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us your main program? And then also, are there specific decodable series that you like to use? Yes, me, I'm sure thing. So we use Phonics First. It's a BrainSpring program. It uh, uses Orton-Gillingham methods. And I like it a lot. I've seen great success with it. I have started writing decodable books and that's what I use with my kiddos. They match the scope and sequence of our phonics okay. program. I have also used the Flyleaf books. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The they have some I pick and choose from those because there there's some that work really well. So it sounds like the way you teach now would be very different than at the beginning of your teaching journey. 1,000%, yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the difference you've seen in how kids are progressing or learning or, mm -hmm. you know, if maybe also a little bit about their interest in reading and if you've had any concerns about that, that's a, lot, a big concern for people who are um, oh, yeah. being told that there's something wrong with leveled books. They're, they're mm -hmm. concerned that their kids are just going to be bored. Maybe you could mm -hmm. talk about that and how you keep your kids interested during phonics. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, the um, structured literacy ha is way more fun for me to teach and for my kids to learn than 
the balanced literacy approach. We have games, we have songs, we have Play-Doh and applesauce. Anytime you can incorporate food into a lesson, kids are going to be excited. <laughs> so when we are learning the uh, short A says ah, we are writing A's in applesauce on our desk. Um, and it's just, the kids get excited about it. And I think as a teacher, because I'm so much more excited about it, they mm-hmm. catch on to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I'm excited, whoa, we're excited. We're going to learn A today or learn C today. And the confidence that the students have because they're able to read is a huge driving factor in them wanting to read more and them mm-hmm. looking forward to small reading groups and looking forward to getting a brand new book and mm-hmm. looking forward to coming to school and oh I can't wait to do this because kids know kids are smart mm-hmm. and you you mm-hmm. can't hardly fool them um they my own son I'll use him as an example he's a kindergartner this year and he I started him with my decodable text this summer and he can sound out the words and blend and put them together and he's like mom look at me look at me he had to call his grandma and he had to read the book to her and his (laughs) auntie Nick and read the book to her whereas then the other night we had um just a book off the bookshelf and he read air quotes read me the page and I was just you know encouraging him for being in a book you know good job Mm -hmm. and he was like mom I didn't read that I was (laughs) I was just using a picture I just made that up you know and I was like okay guilty face I was like well you're you know you didn't you're right you're right you know and so they they just kids know and they get Mm -hmm. excited when they're successful if you're successful you feel good and if you're if you feel good about something you want to do it and you want to do more of it. Yes, exactly. Um, You talked a little bit about the decodables you've written. Mm -hmm, Can you talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about your TPT store and what you've created and what what you are most proud of there? Oh, sure. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, My books are kind of the cornerstone of my store. I've got um, a level for kindergarten and first grade, and I've just started on what I call level three, which is more later first grade, second grade books. And then I've started developing um small group kits to go with my book so basically if you had the book and you needed your lesson plans and your phonemic awareness activities and your words to practice in dictation you could grab the kit to go along with the book and you're you're all set up you're good to go there something i've learned along the way is that reading in small group is wonderful but i have learned that kids need more than just that little bit of reading. So anytime that you can sneak it in throughout your mm-hmm. day, even mm-hmm. if it's just a sentence here or there, it's great. The familiar reading we've got as part of our literacy block and then within our phonics instruction, I add in a sentence that goes along with our phonics pattern and it builds each day and anybody could do this up on their their whiteboard or you know use google slides and type out um for monday depending on your pattern you know if it's short a and you're working on c and t you read something like the cat ran and then maybe on tuesday you could say the cat ran to the dog you know Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. the next day maybe you're gonna change it up and um say the I like to use different punctuation 
marks. The mm-hmm. kids get mm-hmm. so excited about <laughs> recognizing and getting to use an exclamation point. Oh, that's so funny. It's, it's an exclamation point right there, a question mark. They get so excited. So we'll say, the cat ran to the dog. You know, they'll inflect the ending or they'll say, the cat ran to the dog. You know, um, just goofy stuff. But it's it gives them opportunities to map those words and mm-hmm. let those words become sight words. They can read them automatically, mm-hmm. which we know helps their fluency and their comprehension and, and all the things. The more I can incorporate just simple one, two minute, 30 second, let's read this sentence real quick into my lessons, the better. So the name of your store is Darling Ideas. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay, I will link to that in the show notes so people can find that. Now, I know the lot of, a lot of the professional education you've gotten has been provided uh-huh. through your state. Yes. But are what would you, are there books or podcasts or, you know, blogs or anything that have been helpful um, to you? You bet. Well, okay. I love your podcast because every time I listen, I get something that I can take away with me and try the very next day. You know, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to your vocabulary how to incorporate vocabulary and things like that. So definitely your podcast. I like to some of the Facebook groups, what I should have learned in college has some good yeah. tips. Um, I, I like to scroll, but I, I get, I get buried in there sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you get sucked in. <laughs> yeah. I get sucked in. I also like the podcast together in literacy. That's a good one. The very beginning of David Kilpatrick's, his, his, um, assessments and his drills are amazing but the very beginning of his book has some really great snippets and takeaways equip for reading success is the book you're talking about and yes, i agree uh-huh. that he is the reason i understood orthographic mapping it yes. was really hard for me at first yes, yes i just yes. kept watching his videos uh-huh. and then it then it sounds so basic once you figure it out but uh-huh. I, that was a new idea for me yes. and he has a really great way of explaining things mm-hmm. um, i love it tiktok is a great oh, yeah. resource for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Heidi on TikTok. Mm-hmm, Heidi, mm-hmm. I forget her last name, but she's always sharing great snippets. And as a busy teacher and a busy mama, I don't always have time to sit down with a text like I used to. Right, right. So anything that I can listen to and apply, and um, I try to walk every night. And so mm-hmm. that's a good 15 to 30 minutes that I can listen to something. Yep. Any tips for teachers who are trying to make this change in their schools? how to go about it in a way that's going to help everybody get on board? Um, start small. My mom used to always tell me an elephant wasn't ate, wasn't eaten in a day. And, <laughs> you know, same thing as Rome wasn't built in a day. And, and I would not approach people with, hey, we got to overhaul everything. Let's change to structured literacy and yada, yada, yada. But a teacher next door is more accepting of, hey, yesterday I tried this and it worked really well. You might give it a try with your kids. Or, hey, I came up with this resource and tried this idea and my kiddos had a lot of fun with it. Maybe you want to try it too. Definitely start small and I set a goal for myself and it's, uh, I feel like it's obtainable to try to do something new each week. And Mm -hmm. some weeks it's a whole lot more than others. It may be some weeks it may be, okay, I'm going to try to implement this strategy for teaching writing, you know, whereas the next week, my new thing might be these cool um, pointers that I found in the target dollar bin, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just something to try and, it keeps it 
exciting for me, but also I hope my students as well. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know people are going to love especially the part where you talked about your day and how that looks. And I know they're going to check out your store and see the resources you have for making small groups work. Um, So we'll provide all that in the show notes. And thanks again for reaching out to me, Stephanie. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I was a little nervous at first, but um, you made it so easy and I had a blast. I'm so glad Stephanie could join us today. And you can find the show notes for this episode at themeasuredmom.com forward slash episode 94. Talk to you next time. That's all for this episode of Triple R Teaching. For more educational resources, visit Anna at her home base, themeasuredmom.com, and join our teaching community. We look forward to helping you reflect, refine, and recharge on the next episode of Triple R Teaching.